0: One, two, check, one, two. Hello heathens. Hello heathens. I give myself a little more. What about you?
1: Can you I... sound very comfortable on this now, Do I? Yeah, like you're pro. Well, there you go.
0: I mean five episodes. Hey,
1: man. only took five. What
0: do they say 10,000 hours?: Okay, right? That's what it takes to get to become, become expert become level. Expert on something. Yeah, mastery. I'm not there yet. We're only five hours in. so oh, okay.. Yeah. hi there heathens i'm matthew blake and you found your way to heathen podcast super glad you're here because today's conversation is so good and can't wait for you to hear it i'm not going to talk a lot up front right now because i just i just want to get right to it um there's a lot of you, you'll get to know me very well through this conversation actually so there's really no need for me to talk a lot up front on this one uh, becky branch my very special very wonderful guest today uh is is one of my oldest friends and and has some wonderful embarrassing stories about me that you're gonna hear which I have no shame anymore so I don't really care but you know there's that um it just was so good to sit down with Becky uh she lives in Colorado and I, I was recently had the chance to uh get out there and see some friends um and she was one of them. And I I said, Becky, please, will you sit down with me and do this podcast? Because we have very different stories, Becky and I. And she just repeatedly over the course of my life has been a person who has given very unique insight. Uh, looking through someone else's eyes always does, right? But especially when you have when you come from such different places and you see things so differently, like I said, you're going to get to know me. You're going to get to know Becky. And I think you'll get to know even more what I really love about these conversations and why they matter so much to me. I, I think I'm just going to love having these when I'm 80 years old, right? Like if, if nothing else, um, it's going to be really cool to look back, at the people I knew in my thirties and what we cared about and how we got to where we were. And I know I'll be a completely, you know, probably completely different person by the time I'm, I, I'm that old if I make it and, um, it'll just be super fascinating. So I highly recommend starting your own podcast and talking to your friends because man, it's eye-opening, It's interesting and some really good, beautiful stuff can happen as you're going to see in the conversation that follows. So thank you so much for being here. Hey, uh, go check out, um, well, wherever you are listening to this, would you rate it? Uh, I would love that it would be helpful. It's really helpful for a new podcast to get, you know, good ratings, um, helps spread the word and that sort of thing. So, five stars on itunes if you can and uh also give me a follow on instagram and twitter and facebook it's all um at heathen podcast uh and i i post photos of the people that i i'm hanging out with and you know quotes from the episode that i find super interesting so there's there's good stuff out there too would you do those things thanks so much and enjoy this awesome awesome conversation conversations for the godless. I'm Matthew Blake. Welcome to Heathen. Hi, Heathens. This is gonna be fun. Um, I'm sitting across the table from my oldest friend, actually. Like, my oldest... Like, friend who's still a friend.
1: Consequential friend.
0: Yeah, oldest friend of consequence. <laughs> um, Becky Branch is in the house. Hello. Hi, Becky. Um, actually, I'm in Becky's house, to be completely honest. Um, I'm hanging out in in Denver for my, my annual trip to uh, Colorado. And uh, thanks for having me over.
1: Of course, we always love it.
0: Thanks for b- agreeing to uh, bear your soul on this podcast.
1: You know what? I'm terrified.
0: <laughs> the whole... World, a.k.a. a dozen people are listening, so... That's right. You should be scared. Um, uh, Becky, we know each other... We've known each other for uh, a long time, since 2000. Yeah. So it's 2017. I can do math. That's 17 years. Almost exactly. You're right. We met at college. Yep. King College uh, in...
1: Now King University. Now
0: King University, right, yeah. In uh, East Tennessee, Bristol home of the Bristol Motor Speedway. Can't you hear it in our accents? <laughs> <laughs> People are always, um, they're always surprised when I tell them I'm from North Carolina. Like, you don't have an accent. And I was like, well, I do. You've worked
1: hard at kind of changing I, yeah. how you sound.
0: Well, I was kind of, I was kind of ashamed of I the Southern accent growing up. Um,
1: I never really had one.
0: Yeah, no. Well, mil- military, you yeah. Know, yeah. So where all did you live? You lived all over.
1: Yeah, um, a lot of the East Coast, Florida, Virginia. Um, I was born in California. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I lived in Panama, like Central America, Panama.
0: That I knew there was. And I knew there was Italy,
1: outs- like around. Italy, <laughs> so my dad was Navy,
0: yeah. and we moved a, a ton, a lot. I went to a lot of schools. Yeah, so you yeah, it makes sense. You didn't really develop the accent. Mm-mm. I worked hard to get rid of mine because I I don't know I associated it with. An intelligence. A, yeah, lower level of intelligence, which is a stereotype, of course, yep. in the States, and an unfair one, um, and one that I shouldn't have had, but I did. <laughs> and it's resulted in whatever my accent is now, which is not your typical... I do not sound at all like my dad.
1: Until you talk to your parents.
0: Until I go home, <laughs> and I spend like a week at home, and then I come back, and I'm like, bring out the cornbread and the barbecue and the grits, y'all. Um. Yeah, I... I the very first concert I went to i had I had to call to purchase the tickets and um well I was probably fifteen fourteen or fifteen, and the woman on the other- other end of the line once I gave her the address you know to charge um was shocked that I was from North Carolina and I remember being so proud that, <laughs> that this woman that that I was ordering tickets from over the phone in Circa what would that have been ninety five ninety six uh did not think I was from where i was where I was sitting, so
1: were you proud because you felt like you finally achieved like this persona you were hoping people yeah. would understand and
0: yeah associate with you oh my gosh, talk about achieving a persona um, let's start there, actually, there we okay. go Let, <laughs> um, you know what my persona was uh coming into king college i um, I was the good boy Yes you were I was the very good boy I was the best boy You were That was my goal I was going to be the best Christian there I was going to be I, I mean I, 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 that, had, that was what I always was Growing up in my, in my very small circles So Moving into a slightly larger pond I fully expected that I would just Be able to claim that Title um, And of course What I encountered what I finally had to encounter was, you know, coming to terms with my sexuality, which was in diametric opposition to this goal of mine to be the best mm. Christian. Um, yep. So that was fun. It made it made, it made college interesting. Um, what were you when you came to King? What were you trying to? Well, here is the inter- so
1: because I moved so much, I was always recreating who I was.
0: Oh, you got to do. I it don't know over and if over. it was a
1: luxury or a chore, but I got to do it over and over. And because I was such an insecure person. I was doing it all the time. I mean, I went from, I mean, as a little kid, I mean, even as like a seven or eight year old, I knew I could recreate when we moved Mm. and, and I always kept people at arm's length because I knew I was moving. There was Mm. no reason to get super attached to people. And so I didn't really know how to be a friend. So I was just somebody different all the time. I mean, I was the preppy kid. I was the goth kid. I was, I mean, I literally, we would move to a new house and I could be something different. Wow. Nobody knew me. Yeah. And my parents were not that involved, so
0: yeah.
1: it's not like they really were paying attention. And if they were, they never said anything.
0: So was it your siblings? Was it like your sister? Was she the one who knew you the best then?
1: You know, I don't think I actually... So I'm the oldest of five. I don't think any of my siblings really knew each other until we were adults. We mm. lived really different lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you really did. We were
1: even, like, with my two siblings that are closest to me in age, two years apart from each of us, mm-hmm. you know, two years younger than me, and then my brother's two years two years younger than my sister, um, we, we were even kind of raised differently. Our punishments were different. Oh. The way our parents spoke to us were different. Even though we were really close in age, we grew up very different. Yeah. And I think you know my siblings. Yes. You can see that in us. Yes. That we <laughs> were very... We grew up differently.
0: Yeah, you did. in the same house. Um I, I love your relationship with your siblings now though. And, yeah, and me I too. I mean I feel similarly to you. I I mean I had a great friendship with my sister. Uh I've got a you know a younger sister and a younger brother. And I had a great friendship with her growing up. Um, because we were we were close enough three years apart. We played together. Yeah. She had the typical, you know, she loved me. Like I was the big brother she looked yeah. up to. Um I probably let her down a whole bunch, but um, then uh, Clark came along. He was six years younger than me, so there's a little more distance there between... Oh,
1: Alexander's 12 years younger than me, and Duncan is 19 years younger than 19 me. years different. could be his mother. Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but there's something about when you finally do, you know, enter into adulthood and you forge new relationships with your siblings. Yeah. I love my friendships with both Amy and Clark now, like they're, and they're very different. I never would have predicted as a teenager that Clark and I would be... You know, so close, or that I would care. Like, I mean, obviously, I love him; he's my brother. But like, right. deeply care about his well-being and who he is, mm-hmm. and what he's going through, and just the joy I get from talking to them. We don't do it enough, but Google Hangouts are really helpful. Oh, that's nice. You know, all three of so, us. Can. Yeah.
1: So that was that. Like, we didn't really know each other, and so I wouldn't say they really knew who I was. And I can't say for them, but I don't know if they were recreating because I didn't pay attention. Yeah. I was really focused on me. Yeah. And then, so when I got to King, I was really focused on. I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to figure out what, it, what this is, and I'm just going to do the Christian thing, because yeah. I didn't grow up that way. No. So when I got to King, that was culture shock. I had never met so many people who would ask me about my relationship with God, who would want to <laughs> hold my hand and pray, who hugged me every time they saw me.
0: I was. I did not know how to respond to that. You, you walked around that first semester just kind of wide eyed, like <laughs> I was. <laughs> what I was is in this shock? place? Because you were you a brand new Christian, right? I like, was a
1: brand new Christian so within the
0: first year. How did that happen? Young life. Young life.
1: Well, I was a lot. You know, I think most teenagers. I don't know. I'm making an assumption, but I was very lost. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel connected to home. I didn't. I had some good friends, but I had was new to the area. I'd been there maybe two years and when you move to a small town and my dad had just retired from the military i was the new kid and i was always going to be the new kid cuz people didn't move in and out of that small town oh yeah and so i i felt it and i felt you know i felt like i was that new person that no one was really going to take the time to get to know we were we weren't we didn't grow up with these people from the time you were 2 years old yeah but i didn't really spend a whole lot of time we don't have to get into that, but at home, I really just didn't feel connected there. So I spent a lot of time at friends' houses or at, you know, at work or with at a, you know soccer or whatever my activity was. I was always out of the house. Yeah. And one of my really good friends, who I'm still friends with now, um, she hosted a lot of young life stuff at her house. Um, her mom was really good at like supporting the young life leaders, and I wouldn't say that they were a, a particularly like religious family. But I think they were definitely a spiritual family, yeah. and
0: can you, definitely Christians. Can you talk about what just briefly what Young Life is for oh, people who certainly. don't know? So it's I a I vaguely know.
1: Yeah, it's a group. Um, it's a national group. It might even be international, actually. I believe it is, where you have adult leaders who mentor college age leaders, and the college age Christian leaders go out to high schools and middle schools, and they basically evangelize children. Hmm. Um, and they bring them to the Lord yep. and they do it through camps and fun activities and goofiness. And you would go to a club meeting is what they call it. Hmm. And it was just goofy and fun. And you'd sing silly songs and you would do skits and then they would do a little you know, hip talk with these hip college kids. <laughs> and they would make you feel welcome and loved and that there was something bigger than you that um, that loved you and wanted you. And then you would go to camp and then you would give yourself to the Lord. And that was it. You were a young life kid. And yeah. then you'd eventually grow up to be a young life college leader. And then maybe you would join the organization and yeah. you'd be a church member who does the same thing. And, you know, it was, I mean, it's not a bad organization, but, um, I definitely realized that I became a Christian through fear mm. and through, um, my being disconnected and wanting to belong.
0: Yeah. And they, so do you feel like that was the I don't want to use words like they preyed on that fear, but like oh, the, I they, think so. they used it, like that. Oh, I
1: absolutely think so. I, and I believe, and I could be totally wrong, but I do believe there was a break in Young Life a couple, uh, several years back now, because there were some opposing views on how we reach children. Oh, interesting. I was not a part of Young Life of that anymore, but yeah. um, I do know there was definitely people who felt like this fear-based approach was yeah. not appropriate, and cool. that are we really teaching people about love?
0: And was the fear done in like? like did you do like altar calls? Yes. Yeah. So you would like come forward in in front of everybody and all of that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what you're describing sounds like, um, this, like some of the summer Bible camps that I went to as well I'm sure it was, but it was done in a
1: very secular way Mm -hmm. because you're reaching people who really don't know anything about the Christian culture.
0: So, so the fear is what motivated you. Like, was there anything like positive that attracted you? Well, yeah. I felt like
1: I had family. I felt like I belonged. I finally felt like somebody liked me Mm. and maybe even loved me. Wow. And I just never really felt that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I felt, I, I think the big thing for me was I felt safe. I truly felt safe once in my life. Like, that is huge. It is huge. And, you know, so I'm an early interventionist. I work with kids. And, um, you know, a lot, of, I, we talk a lot about the brain. And you can't learn, you can't grow, you can't develop fully as a person until you have those basic needs met and mm-hmm. safety being one of them. Yeah. And I was always looking for that safety.
0: Mm. I just realized, as you said, you're an early interventionist that I forgot to ask you to introduce yourself. So I'm sorry about that. That's um, okay. But yeah. if, if We've if, talked about things already. Yeah. You're good. Okay, okay, cool. I just want you to make sure that you get to uh, like be who you want to be on this thing. So Yeah. Um. Okay. So young life in high school, and then you decided, I'm going to go to a Christian, a small teeny tiny Christian college in I East, did. East Tennessee. I was a new
1: Christian and I thought, well, I got to, I got to figure out this thing and I don't have anybody in my life that I know can help me with this. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be part of the problem with Christianity in general is there's this zeal to bring people to the Lord. And then when they become a Christian, you're on your own hmm. when you're a new Christian. Hmm. And so I felt very lost in that and trying to navigate, especially when everybody that I knew, especially at King, grew up in this surprising Christian culture that I didn't know existed. Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea. Now I understand there's even subcultures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea of that. But I just felt like I had to figure that out now. And so there was a disconnect there too. Like now I'm in this new thing Mm -hmm. and I don't don't feel like I belong here either anymore.
0: Hmm.
1: I always felt like a new Christian and I couldn't figure out... You know, I didn't know the stories and it didn't matter how many times you you read a, a certain verse or you read a chapter or you read a book or you try to go through what everybody understands about the Bible and you try to make it a part of who you are. When you don't grow up with those stories, they're not a part of who you are. Yeah,
0: there is so something to be said for the culture that you're immersed in at that young, young age. Yeah. I mean, I always liken it to, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of movies as a kid. And, you know, so... People our age are super passionate about things like the Goonies. You
1: can't quote anything in the Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I was like, Matthew, those are like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you can't watch those as an adult and have the same experience. I watch Goonies and I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. How can you people like this?
1: (laughs) Did you ever see The NeverEnding Story?
0: You know what? Chris, my boyfriend, he insisted that I watch that. And you
1: thought it was stupid.
0: Parts of it. But (sighs) I will say that kind of when you're watching it through someone else's eyes, because Chris is like enamored with it of course because
1: um, he's a normal human being who normal, loves wonderful you know, things yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh
0: yes uh, it's cool to watch it through someone else's eyes and yeah. yes so i did actually really like that watching that movie I've only watched it once and I'll probably, you know, unless, never unless he, he wants to watch it again, I probably won't do that of my own volition. But, um, yeah, so that's what it's like. If you don't grow yeah. up with it, then it's not, the nostalgia's is not there. The, yeah, the stories aren't in your blood, right? It's not. Which they so are And in for mine. you, like,
1: the Bible is a part of your DNA. Oh, hell yeah, it is. And it's not mine and it never was going to be. Yeah. I knew that at some point mm-hmm. and I felt really guilty about that. Mm. Like I, sucks. I was never going to be able to achieve what I thought I should be able to do as a Christian. Like wow. I was never going to be that good Christian kid like you were talking about. Yeah. Cause I just, it wasn't a part of me.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Cause I'm trying to think of other people I know who, you know, didn't grow up in church or whatever, but came to that faith later on. And sometimes they're like the most zealous. They're like they are driven right to mm-hmm. to to get there and i'm wondering if that that plays into it like like the f- the feeling that they don't they don't yeah, have the share have the same shared ancestry so it's like overcompensating to really become it might be
1: and then it, they maybe they are just blessed with an immense understanding of faith that i just could not grasp
0: yeah maybe maybe that's it becky You're that's just- it <laughs> i am just i am just flawed i'm pretty sure <laughs> you you can grasp more things than i can so um uh so we meet our freshman year, we do two thousand well,
1: and that goes back to the persona I decided I was going to be something different, <laughs> yes, you did, so I was like i because I am a total introvert i I'm, yep. I'm an introvert i'm a type A who pretends to be type b uh-huh because there is nothing relaxed about me. <laughs> I try so hard and um, and i was like i'm going to be i'm going to be um i'm going be outgoing and I'm going to be uh kind and like fun and not so type a i'm not gonna be a liz lemon because <laughs> that's me and i was like i'm gonna run for class president and i'm gonna i'm gonna do something that's totally out of my bubble i lost by the way i love but it though I, because
0: it's so it is it's weird for me knowing you now 17 that I years that. to think back and be like what the hell was becky doing running it's for it's class president like <laughs> You would have hated it. Oh
1: gosh! All
0: the whatever public stuff uh, you have to do and representing yeah. people, and the and... right
1: person won.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: she totally, did. she
0: totally did. She was a great representative to our freshman class. Shout out to Jessica Stallings, right? Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so that was fun. You were among the first people I met who didn't have that. I didn't have that same shared upbringing. That that's you know the yeah. story in our bones. We we didn't have that same story. And I remember one of the first things I learned about you, and I talked about this on the first episode of this podcast actually, um, was that you believed in evolution. Totally.
1: And I was shocked you didn't. Yeah, you were. Well, I didn't understand the Christian culture. I didn't believe that some Christians didn't believe in the existence of dinosaurs at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? There are bones! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are physical bones, people. I like, do you actually need to go have one dropped on your being to understand <laughs> that they were real? Like, I could not grasp we
0: that. We were coming at each other from across a chasm. Truly. But, but I don't, like, I always wanted to be your friend.
1: But I saw in you, when I told you, like, because I said it matter-of-factly, like, I was just like, well, yeah, I believe in evolution. And mm-hmm. your, fa- like, your jaw dropped. Yeah. And I saw you, like internally struggling
0: I was processing what do I do to
1: handle that
0: what do I do and I
1: remember thinking why is this such a big deal Mm -hmm. I mean it's kind of weird you don't believe in it but that's cool (laughs) (laughs) you were really struggling with it yeah it was tough I remember walking away that day thinking he may not speak to me again
0: (laughs) I mean I wasn't hurt
1: I just thought like this is really hard for him like I don't know how we're gonna handle this
0: well it's that's what was so great about it was because we had I mean it wasn't the first thing I learned about you so we we had hung out I thought you were cool I'm like okay (laughs) Becky's gonna be one of my friends we've probably known each other for about two months at this point yeah yeah yeah. so um it was the first time i encountered a situation like that where i i what i knew quote Mm -hmm. unquote uh, i'm doing the dick fingers right now um (laughs) uh knew to be true did not you know coincide or correlate to this experience like becky's a christian becky's like you were a new christian you were like Mm -hmm you were really trying. Like I was really trying. Yeah. So, and I saw all of that and I was like, this is really cool. I've never had a new Christian friend. Um, but what? Like evolution. So that was, it was the first time. So were you thinking, Oh, she's a lot to learn. Yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure
1: you prayed for me a lot that night.
0: Super. Uh, yeah, no, not judgmental at all. And just totally like, Oh yeah. Uh, no, I'm sure it was bad. Did I ever say anything to you about it?
1: Um, you brought it up a couple of times, but I think it, you really struggled with what to even do with that information that you, you just kind of, I don't know, you didn't really bring it up too much, Yeah. but I do remember I walked away thinking, so that's not okay to talk about in the Christian world, so I got to keep that to myself. I hate that. No, that's.
0: I know. But you weren't, if it hadn't
1: been you, it would have been somebody else. I didn't know any better. I'm just saying
0: culturally, I hate that that's a facet. Like already you're this brand new person to this faith and we are already like boxing you in and like. Making you hide parts of yourself. But, you know,
1: I did research. Surprising. I know. Of course. I did research and I found out that, like, I, I'm going to get the dates wrong, but let's just say mm-hmm. somewhere around the 1920s, the perception of the Bible and the perception of evolution had changed. Mm-hmm. Like, many Christians had already believed in this, like, God-inspired evolution. Yeah. And actually until about then really didn't read the Bible completely literally. Yeah.
0: And yeah. then
1: around the nineteen twenties, it could have been the nineteen forties, but I think it was the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Don't get I don't know the dates. It's been we, a long time since we, I looked this up. You
0: have Google out there in Podcast yeah. Land if you want to <laughs> search this.
1: The church went through this change where they started to really read the Bible completely literally. Very true. And somebody decided, I don't know, some Christian person or group out there decided that evolution could not coincide with Christianity. Yeah. And so that was what swept the Christian movement, yeah. But before that, like even Christian scientists who are writing about evolution would link in it to God. They would say inspired by God or God, you know. Yeah. What what mandated? Yeah, however, the,
0: the literal seven day creation period yeah. and all like that that was like a, in in terms of being a widespread phenomenon that it still is. Yeah, that's all very new.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I remember, and it's
0: very new, partially because. The masses didn't have the Bible right. until, I, I don't know the dates either, yeah, but see, very but recently, last century, I don't know. Like even when the printing press was invented, it wasn't like all of a sudden there were copies in everybody's house. Like that took hundreds of years.
1: And not everyone needed to read either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Until a yeah. hundred something years ago. No, you, know? you relied on, you relied on your, your if priest, yeah. your home church, like whatever to give you that information. Absolutely. So.
1: And so I remember like doing some research about that and thinking, I don't understand how this works. Hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. And realizing I have so much more to learn still, and it's not safe for me to talk about my beliefs, which mm-hmm. it wasn't you thing. It was it was the situation I was in.
0: You can blame me. It's okay. Yeah,
1: it was all you. Yeah. <laughs> but think about the people who would walk up to you and say, "How is your faith with Jesus? How is your relationship with Jesus today?
0: What have you talked to Jesus yeah. about today?" And I was like, "What the
1: fuck? I don't know." It's <laughs> like I
0: don't know. I was lucky to get to my eight a.m. class on time, people. <laughs>
1: I was like, I am struggling with, why do we exist? Mm. Am, am I a, am an imposter? Yeah. Um, am I ever going to get past this lukewarm feeling that I'm never going to be truly this passionate believer that understands and knows that this is 100% true? Yeah. Like I would talk to people and they're like, how could you even question? I'm a questioner. I'll always be a questioner. Yes. I embrace that now. Yeah. At the time, I thought it was a problem.
0: I thought it was weird to be at King College, and I spoke the language, and I knew what was what, and you know. Well,
1: and to, to learn from... that, taking it from that perspective, like language, to learn there were so many dialects within the Christian language, mm-hmm. yeah, and trying were. to figure out who was what, and how do you navigate that? Mm-hmm. It was so challenging.
0: Yeah, it was. I had spent most of high school like debating the finer points of you know doctrine. I didn't know and what Calvinism was. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't know what any of that was. Yeah. I was like, "What?" I do? and I would just nod and smile and yeah. go, "Yeah, okay.
0: totally." <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, what did you think about like we had Devo? Uh, was that that was what it was called? Right? Oh, yeah. On, like Tuesday and Thursday nights, we'd gather in the middle of the the lobby, Liston lobby. And I liked sing that because I didn't. Or...
1: Ha- yeah, because it was focused on one or two people up front, yeah. and I could blend in with the crowd and mm. and feel like I was learning something more about this culture that was so new to me and i didn't and i could be a part of it and you couldn't tell i didn't belong yeah i could blend in
0: yeah hmm.
1: and i think about you know we talked about earlier how i was always changing my persona and there was a part of that where i was learning to like figure out who i was but really i was learning to fit in yeah i was trying to figure that out yeah now i don't care <laughs> right i just don't even care isn't that nice i love my
0: 30s isn't that nice the 30s are the best um and i i give way less of a shit than i used to as well i still i still you know, it still comes up and like, creeps up in the back of my psyche yeah, and everything, and I have human. to like temper it. But, um hmm. Okay, let's talk. Are we are we, anything else from King? you? Have a shit ton of embarrassing stories. I about do me, have a lot, King. If you would like, I will give you one if you'd like to share. Sure. Oh, good. So Great.
1: let's go on to like Matthew was this naive, really sweet. <laughs> Christian guy who was gay, and I thought I I was pretty certain I knew. (laughs) But I was like, I guess not. Someone just told me you can't be gay and Christian, so I guess he's not gay. I just don't understand how this thing works. We're in Walmart with a bunch of our friends, and I hear from the aisle over, rubbers! Rubbers of every color, shape, and size! Oh,
0: my God.
1: (laughs) I was like, what the hell is going on over there? I walk over, and there are all these rain boots And Matthew Mm -hmm. was just enamored with all the colors, sizes, all the colors
0: of the the rainbow, rainbow. Which, hello,
1: yeah, there were so many signs.
0: I called them rubber. You were
1: dancing in the aisle.
0: (laughs) I did not know that rubber was slang for anything. How was I to know that?
1: I know you were a good boy. I was very good. And I knew way too much than I should, you know, for the Christian world. And I was like, Matthew, mm, 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 stop mm, yelling that
0: out in Walmart. I was like, please stop. Stop celebrating the fact that you found the rubbers in Walmart.
1: And then I remember I told you with the slang. I was like, "Those are condoms." You're like, "No, it's not." You were so embarrassed. You were actually mad. Like you, oh, like I shit. shattered like a part of your world, yeah. like the way you perceive things.
0: I probably didn't react very well.
1: And like, you, one of your favorite phrases was um, "wham, bam, thank you, ma'am." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And I
1: remember, like, a year of listening to you say this, I was like, so, Matthew, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> it was kind of one of those. Um, I thought
0: it meant it, like, very efficient. Like, like let's It just, is efficient. Well, yeah, you're right, but I didn't realize where it came from. <laughs> and
1: when I explained that to you, I mean, you have very, um, like, you're not, you can't hide your emotions. Your face, yeah. you know, you're. Oh, come on. And you yeah. were just another, I shattered a lot of things for you. This was good. Was it? We had,
0: we had a. We, I really thought I was were, breaking you. We were meant to come into each other's lives for sure. Definitely. No doubt. I mean, if, if if you believe that things are happen for a reason, that happened for a reason. Absolutely.
1: You were totally precious.
0: Oh, thank you. Were you were a sweet boy. I was just a sweet, ignorant little, little thing. hmm Um.
1: And that's when I met Clark, your brother, and he was the same way. Oh, he's the and best. He's- Not that way anymore. And I love him, but I was like, oh, look at these. He's
0: so intelligent. He's so emotionally intelligent. Like, oh my gosh. I wish
1: I knew him now. He
0: blows me away. Oh, yeah. Well, we should should make that that, that happen. I knew him
1: as a little kid. Yeah. And he was a sweet little boy, but I wish I knew him now.
0: We'll loop you into one of our Google Hangouts one time. great. Becky's coming this time, you guys. You know I love your family. Yeah, You too. You, you, you got a lot of experience with my family. Ooh, let's talk about that because okay, that let's story do it. came up right where you came home with me to Asheville, North Carolina yes, one time.
1: I did many yeah. times,
0: many times, yeah, yeah. But one time, you, I took you to my church that you I grew up in. Did
1: and that was I experienced so many different kinds of churches being at King because I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah. The only church experience I had before I became a Christian was Catholic because mm-hmm. my mom's Catholic. Yeah, and I'm not saying if you're Catholic you're not a Christian. I'm just saying I was not a Christian and I didn't understand that world. And so I had gone to some Catholic masses and, yeah. you know, done some of those things. And I went to church with you. <laughs> and I remember... couldn't look
0: less Catholic, frankly. No, it really
1: couldn't. And um, I remember we're <clears throat> getting ready to walk in. And it was a group of us. It wasn't just you and I and your parents. It was a yeah. group of us from yes, King. several friends. And you looked at me, because you knew I was... I'm sure I was like your feminist friend. That You were probably like, oh, she's just a little wild, <laughs> that one.
0: <laughs> she's my edgy friend. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I was not edgy at all. I just was... <laughs> It just was not your norm for you. it's so true. But um, I am so vanilla, just to put it out there. (laughs) Just normal. (laughs) But you looked at me and said, okay, so I just want you to know that women don't talk in my church, and they have to cover their head. I remember being like, what? You're going to silence me? (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I was just, I was shocked, but I also, at the same time... I was a good person. Like, I, mm-hmm. I never wanted to offend people, yet right. I did all the time. Yeah. Because that's just who I was. But I never <laughs> intended to. Of course, yeah. And so I remember being like, well, I better be on my best behavior. And I remember just, like, I couldn't even get anything out of the service or anything because I was, I was just shocked that that's how you treated people.
0: Yeah. And I couldn't see that until I saw it through somebody else's eyes. And honestly, it took years even after that, but that was certainly the start. Having to explain to you Mm-hmm. What the expectations were, like, shown new light on it, and and made me start to yeah, start the process I was of realizing, female, yeah,
1: yeah, I had limitations, yeah, and, and I, I th- thought I'm exactly like you, except for a few things, you know, atomically they're different. Like, <laughs> I was
0: like, yeah. Uh, yeah, really, yeah. It it that was a very long hard road for me, um, recognizing my own misogyny, like the the innate like my cultural misogyny, um, that, that I, that I grew up in and fully accepted because it was my norm. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, Dominique. Yes. Uh, I love Dominique. She was another uh, classmate of ours. Um, I would love to have her on this podcast. Dominique, if you're out there, I'm going to tag you in a Facebook post and, um, maybe we can do that one day. But she uh, called me out one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, at she the, was good at
1: that. But, or, yeah, but you know really what I loved that. about her is that it was never cruel. No, 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 no. She, she really intended to challenge your thinking. Yes.
0: Yep. She, and she did. She uh, called me out. when We were talking about um, feminism in general, I think, just at lunch. Cafeteria. Which was a
1: negative word at King.
0: It probably was. Um, and I probably would not have... Yeah, I'm sure I wouldn't have said that it was a cool thing at all. Um, but what I was saying was that... I wasn't sexist Mm -hmm. and she just, she, she called you out. Oh, she laid it out on the floor in front of everybody. And I was super embarrassed and felt the need to defend myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that act was another one that really pushed me a long way towards acknowledging and realizing like where I was coming from. And all these women that changed your life. Only women changed my life. (laughs) I'm not fucking kidding. Like I can't think of, I honestly can't think of a man who has had even a fraction of the impact that most women have in my life. Yeah, I, I it's. You're it's, welcome. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so I took you to my crazy church. You did. Look, uh, let me just like say right now, because I've talked about my church a lot. And the people who are there, um, I have a great deal of affection for of course. almost all of them.
1: And I didn't feel malice when I walked in or anything like that. It was just Uh, not what I knew to be okay.
0: Yeah. And I just, I just, I mean, I, I'm a little flip sometimes with my language and, and, you know, say my crazy church and it, uh, I'm justified. I, I I lived through it. So I can, it's, it's like being able to, you know, call myself a faggot. I can say that I've lived (laughs) through it. Okay. Um, I, I can talk about this church because I'm a product of it. It made me what I am, but I don't mean to disparage people. Um, right, and I think most of the people that I grew up with had very good intentions and were just part of the same system that I was part of. And for me, the only reason I'm I'm not there anymore is because of my otherness. It's right. because I am same sex attracted. I'm queer. Um, I never would have bothered to leave or look through the lens of anybody else if I didn't if I didn't have to. Everything was great for me. So you were
1: a star. I mean, you really were. <sighs> I mean, how yeah. many girls did we know at King that were just like, Matthew's going to be someone <laughs> like Matthew or Matthew's going to be my husband. I don't know about we're gonna that. We're going to have beautiful children. I don't know it's about that. It's because you played a guitar. <laughs> you were sweet. You were safe. You were safe. I was safe. It's because I didn't know you were gay. Well, but, you so, know, you, oh, you definitely.
0: Sexually safe for you just, sure. You, well, yeah. You put,
1: and the, all those sexually oppressed women, like girls, yeah. they just, you yeah. were safe.
0: Sure. I did have a, um, a backup, like, you know, the... the like we were going to get married yeah. if we, neither of us were married by a certain age. She's married now. Yes. Yeah. Good for her. She doesn't have to marry me. Thank, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so after, so I left King before you did, I didn't finish school there. Right. Um, and then, and I had moved to Reno, Nevada. Yes. Yeah. And you had plans to go teach in China, right? Yeah. I
1: thought I was, you know, I don't know. I was always, always searching and looking. And yeah. As fearful as I was, I was never fearful of like just doing, like changing that. Like, like I, need to, I need to make a plan. I'm gonna do something big because I had a plan. Mm-hmm. Plans were my safety.
0: Yeah. Still are.
1: And um, yep, yep, yep. that didn't work out. No,
0: plans rarely do, right?
1: Right. And I followed you to Reno because yeah. I got a job out there. I
0: said, come on, come out to Reno. It's and fun. I was like, we have, I have like Tahoe. On. We have Yosemite. That's right. We have casinos. <laughs>
1: That was weird getting off the plane when you're in the airport and all of a sudden you hear just slot machines everywhere. I
0: loved Reno. I know. There's we had, just I, I about had it. two years in Reno. You had longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very special time. We were part of a church there. We were. Um, that has had its issues for sure. Um, and I, I look back on it with some of the same feelings that I look back on a lot of my church experiences. But right. I do have a lot of really good feelings about
1: me too but we were a, definitely a kind of a misfit group of all kinds of people yeah. that really just came together which is what a lot of churches yeah, do yeah
0: which, which was nice cuz it was kind of the first time i'd been in a church setting where there were there were people who were like open about some of their pain some of their hurt yeah. some of their uh dysfunction and the ways that they don't fit in the church right. it was
1: i felt most comfortable in that church because yeah. there were so many people who came from such diverse backgrounds yeah, and people who really just didn't fit in mm-hmm. and some that were, you know, what you aspired to be, you yeah. know, that what you thought you should be. It was such a mixed group that it just felt, I don't know, comfortable.
0: Yeah. So what was that like? Because you came out and you had a job teaching at a Christian school. I did. That was your first job out of college, right? It was. Yeah. As a
1: teacher at a Christian school. And I look back at that with so many fond memories. Yeah. I mean...
0: You had the best boss.
1: I did. She's wonderful. (laughs) I still talk to her now. Not as much as I love to, but like, you know, she definitely filled a maternal role for me that Mm. I didn't have. Yeah. And, um, I really appreciated that. And she, she really cared for me, even if I challenged her thinking about things. Which you did. I did.
0: Yeah. Slowly, Mm -hmm. you know, but. Well, you had a job at stake. I did. (laughs) She was my principal. She was my boss. Couldn't be quite as, uh, And, um confrontational
1: she really thought you and i were gonna get married
0: oh she did she believed it she
1: just wanted it to happen
0: yeah i was like
1: no he's my best friend but not not my yeah not my life partner <laughs> <laughs> and what eventually we told her
0: yes you did yeah and
1: she was like well, well i just have to pray for him and and she and, she, and she still does Aww. she still prays for you and it's a very honest genuine way yeah um, I'm not even
0: mad about that no, at all. No, no. Because, because of the person, right? Right. It makes a huge difference. It does. Lo- lots of people prayed for me to turn straight. Yes. A lot of them pissed me off.
1: But you know, the thing she about doesn't. her is because she loved you mm-hmm. before she knew. Yeah. And you're the first gay person she's aware of that she knows.
0: Yeah. Um, And she's truly coming from just her understanding of, of how the world works.
1: Yes. That yeah. she started to understand that maybe it wasn't a choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: really accept that, which that's a huge.
0: It's a big step for yes. a lot of people. Yes.
1: Because that changes a part of your faith.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. Um, what was it like teaching at a Christian school? Oh, I felt like an imposter there too. Really?
1: Well, I didn't grow up with the stories and here I am. I, I say the stories, I mean the Bible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't mean it in a negative way. Sure. I think they're lovely stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I believe the Bible is true to, true to its genre.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: I don't think of it as a very literal text. No. Um, which I know is like sacrilege. but um, It's okay. You're in good company here. Sounds good. It's
0: called heathen after That's all.
1: That's right. So I remember teaching these little kids like these, these Bible verses and these stories and thinking, I don't even think I believe this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or why don't I believe this the way they believe it? Mm. Or why don't I believe this the way that my boss believes it? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Mm. I tried hard. I really did. But it just didn't... I couldn't make it fit.
0: Everything you just said is all the stuff I've been saying, like I've I've recorded, I think your number, episode number six so far of this thing. And you used the word earnest just now, didn't you? Or did I hear that? I don't know. Anyway, I know you've used the word earnest since Uh I've been here in your house. And, um, that is, that is exactly how I feel about myself too. I look back on that, that boy, he was the most earnest person he could be. I, I, there was nothing I wanted more than to make it work, to make it fit. And I knew from a very early age that something wasn't fitting. Yeah. And I knew from a very early age what that thing was. And it only made me more earnest, you know? It only made me more determined and sincere in getting to the heart of the thing and, and being what I thought I needed to be. Right. It's, that's the part of this that's always so hard for me to think about all the people who are earnest. And who get turned away, mm-hmm. or who get crushed in the process? Um,
1: I I really don't feel that most people intentionally do it. Mm. I think it's you you try so hard in that faith to make things fit. Yeah. And when someone doesn't fit it, you have to make them fit. Yeah. And when they don't, people do turn them away.
0: Yeah. It's tough. That's, our story doesn't end there.
1: No, it doesn't. <laughs> our lives have always been intertwined. Well, since. first of
0: all, let me, uh, since we are on the record right now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm taking the, the credit for your marriage.
1: All right, go for it.
0: I'm taking the credit for your marriage. You moved to Reno because you knew me. Yes. I was friends with Adam in Reno. That's right. Who are you married to right now? Adam Branch. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Case closed. Your witness.
1: <laughs> and then, should we mention your speech at oh, the wedding? Okay, fine, great. So, you get you get two embarrassing okay. stories. Four handwritten pages, I believe, front and back. Probably, I, I have it somewhere. Tear stained. Oh, tear stained is so sweet that you would say Pro- it that way. Probably it was not stained; just dripping wet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sobbed through that whole speech. No one could understand me. No one asked him to give a speech. <laughs> You didn't ask me to be your best man so I'm going to get my word in one way we or another. We had a another. very
1: small wedding. I did yes. not have any attendee, you yeah. know, you know attendance, yep, yep. whatever you call them. It was family. It was mostly yeah, family. It was and family me. and yeah, and it was it was that small intimate group of people that mm-hmm. were my family, my friends from that church. The family you choose. Yeah. Yep. And um you got up and it was beautiful. <laughs> like you were you just loved us, you know, so much I and I do. I did I remember I do. my boss's husband who was from New York leaning over and going What's wrong with this guy?
0: <laughs> What's his problem? What's going on here? Is this going to go on forever?
1: <laughs> I believe he, he likened it to a novel.
0: Oh, my God. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. It was sweet, though. And I, I do look at that very fondly.
0: I have some embarrassing moments. Jesus Christ.
1: You're a very honest person.
0: Well, that's nice.
1: And that's going to lend to some embarrassing moments. It is.
0: It is. That's nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, since then because I, okay. I I left Reno left you in the dust. You did. You
1: went to go plant a church. Went to go
0: plant a church as you do.
1: Which I always thought was weird because I really remember thinking, "Man, Matthew's in a, an odd place right now." Now he's going to go plant a church
0: because I was I was literally coming out as <laughs> yeah. as I did that, and coming out for me meant uh, something different than it does for most people. It, it, it meant. I'm, I'm same, you know, announcing to the world I had same sex attraction. Right. That was because always the you language still, I
1: used. Yeah. Well, that's how the church sees it. Yeah, it's yeah. a sin that you're struggling with. Yeah. You're yeah, straight. You just, course. you know, and you're like, nope, nope, really. There's no straight here.
0: Yeah. And this was after the, my period of, uh, a very earn, again, earnest five mm-hmm. years. of uh, excuse me. Um, I was, I was in Exodus, uh, which was the, oh, gosh, yeah, the uh, national, uh, group, International. Oh, yeah, I think it was called Exodus International. Um, uh, it's ex gay. It's ex gay, yeah. reparative therapy. It's, Let's it's... put
1: a bunch of gay men. Who want to be great Christians together? Yeah. Who are bearing their souls and yeah. say, now that you found people who could possibly truly relate to what you're experiencing, you connect with on an emotional level. You could possibly connect to
0: on a sexual level. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's put you all together and and just make sure this. See how you guys can become know, straight. Right?
0: Oh my gosh, like,
1: that doesn't make any sense. I know.
0: And I did go to the national the conference uh, one year, and it the the stories that you heard <laughs> about these poor guys. <sighs> yeah, like bunking together in you know private rooms. Come on. Anyway, um escape therapy is a sham. Uh we don't have to spend time on this podcast talking about that. Um but yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I was coming out in, in the, under those terms. I had done that work and I had decided, nope, it's not going to change for me. This is this is who I am. But I wasn't I mean, I was not even remotely ready to like abdicate my place in the church world that I had built up over the Your whole, over life. My whole life. Your whole life. Uh, because I knew that that would all go away. So I, when I came out, it was, I'm same-sex attracted, I'm single and celibate.
1: Yes, I remember that. i yeah. thinking, how is this going to work? <laughs> but I I, I always tried to honor where you were. Mm-hmm. And so when you would tell me something, I would take it at face value. Yeah. And that's what I went with until you, you tell me the next thing. And I was You're like, okay, that's where we're that. at. I say we, because it wasn't me, but like... You were always, and always probably will be, such a big part of my life that I just was like, okay, so this is where he's at. Okay, that's the way I'm going to take it yeah. until it changes. And it would change. It yeah. will change.
0: I'd, yeah, it will, does, all the time. <laughs>
1: but I remember going, okay, so now he's this. Okay,
0: so that's what yeah, I'm going to go that, with. That's where we're at. That's, that's where we're hilarious. at. That's hilarious. I, I just... was like your, your uh, banner, like, in the march forward. Yeah, <laughs> This is where we're at. <laughs> this is
1: where we're at, okay.
0: Um, But for you, what was going on for you after I left?
1: Well, I got married. Yep. And um I got my master's yeah, couple in special right? ed well, that was my first one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently a lifelong student I don't know with severe anxiety issues, so I just you know perpetuate more anxiety every time I go to school that's great oh. and um, so I went to school, I got my master's, I just graduated with that, and I was becoming a special ed teacher, mm-hmm. then we moved to Colorado, and that's where I changed my adjusted my profession Mm -hmm. and now I'm a um, early childhood special educator and I've switched into a different role with that. I am now the instructional coach. So I support um, the special teachers I work with at many, many schools, which I don't know what that means. I'm still figuring out that role. Mm -hmm. So well, I'm a coach. Yeah. I help people.
0: (laughs) Well, how so how does what, what you, uh, I mean, everything we've talked about so far, how does that play in? Does it play into your, your work? Well, first of all, like, because you're 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 not in the same place you were uh, no. when I left you in Reno. No, um, I was it, honestly, in terms of your faith. Yeah, see that
1: word? I was really trying to be that good Christian, and I was learning that when you were involved in a church, and I really struggle with the mega church, but that seems to be all you can find. Mm-hmm. And you would I would I I did try to join some church plants, not as the church plant person, but just as a yeah as a member. Someone being there to get. Because it, it I going. am attracted to the small, intimate setting and i don't do well in the mega church. Yeah. Um, even though it seems like a contradictory because i like being lost in the crowd, but um something's lost for me mm-hmm. in those mega churches. Yeah. W- the connection with people. Yeah. So anyway, i joined this church. It's a it's a fine church. People love it and i would, you know, nothing negative, but i definitely got the message that my calling according to everybody else was to work in children's ministry. Hmm. I'm like i do that all week long and i work with some really challenging kids and families that I whom I dearly love, but like I need a little bit of a reprieve on my
0: weekends. Can't I just like bring treats or something? Yeah.
1: And and then, you know, you start doing that, and then you start doing it every weekend. And then they tell you you need to be doing more. And I kept getting this message of you can never do enough. Mm. You're never enough. And I started to really think about that and started to really evaluate what my faith was. Why do I feel this need to be connected to a church and all of these and and I started to evaluate why did I even become a Christian in the first place? And I and I and I really did narrow it down to it was fear based. Yeah. And I was still operating through fear, wow. which was a normal place for me to operate. I did it my entire life. Yeah. So I went from operating in fear as a child to needing a safe place and finding that in young life and in the church to realizing I was staying in that because of fear. Wow. And when I finally decided to let fear go, and I have to do that almost daily. Yeah. Um I kind of let the that it, It's not that I'm not a faithful person or a believer. I have some spiritual beliefs. I don't necessarily think God or Jesus is wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I believe, but I'm okay with that now. Yeah. I wasn't before.
0: Yeah. Letting the fear go kind of pulled down this, this veil, right? Yeah, And then I, what, what is this thing about? And then I
1: decided, do I even want to be a part of a church? Yep. And I didn't. Yeah. I let it go. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. How interesting. Um, I wanted that. Uh, I've wanted that many times in my life to to just be done. Um, and I've talked about that on on previous episodes and, and different ways that I kept getting, you know, felt like I was getting pulled back to church and and I still am, you know, still go to a church that's I've also talked about and is wonderful and is great. Um, I I ask myself that question a lot. Like, what 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 am I here for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I doing this still? Um, there's a couple key things that are just kind of material that uh, are <clears throat> might sound dumb, but I mean honestly, the music. I've been a worship leader my whole life. Music is a spiritual act for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's maybe the only spiritual practice I engage in anymore. Because I don't, you know, I don't pray. I don't. I I I. Yeah, I,
1: I pray, but I don't call it prayer. I just have a an ongoing dialogue that I just talk yeah, to God.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't believe in prayer the way that like you ask for something and He does it. Mm-hmm. I always find it people. I always find find it odd when people say, "If it's your will," but I'm saying, "But you're asking for this. Hmm. If it's your will, and if it's not your will, I mean, like, but you really are saying that's what I want. Do that for me." So mm-hmm. I think that's I, always, I I always found that odd. Yeah, I still find it odd. And now we just kind of talk. Like I drive a lot with my job and yeah. so I'm in the car and sometimes listen to a podcast or radio, but sometimes I just turn it off and I sit in silence and I just out loud or in my head, mm-hmm. I just talk and I'd say what's going on and how I'm feeling. And I do believe I'm talking to God, but I'm not asking for anything because I feel like if we think about God as a relationship, I don't go around asking my friends for them to do stuff all the time. I mm. talk about what's going on, mm. even if they know, like, you know, yeah, I just talk. Sure. And I do feel that things are revealed to me through nature or through events or something positive happens or something negative happens. And I mm-hmm. go, this is for me to learn from. Yeah, I kind of view it that way, but I don't, I don't ask for things. I don't pray for people. I know that sounds horrible, no, but it I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. No.
0: I, yeah, I, for me, prayer was such a practiced, like, um, profession. It was a thing I did. It was the, it was, we we started out this conversation talking about the persona we wear, right? Yeah. It was one of the things I wore to make sure that people knew where I stood and right. what I was and that I was, I mean, I had a high standard for myself, right? And I, I was going to be the leader in all these communities that I was involved in. And prayer is so part of that because it, yeah. especially when you're in organized um, moments of worship, you know, corporate worship and things like that, it's a very public thing. And it's a very, um, for a lot of people, it's a vulnerable thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, it never was. For me, it totally was. It, it it wasn't vulnerable because I wasn't being myself. Got it. That's what I mean. Like I, it was, it was a practiced. Th- you know, it yeah. It was very calculated. Yeah. So calculated. I think and, it was for
1: me too. But yeah. I am. Again, I am. I was, I guess the wall, the wallflower, like I did Mm -hmm. not like to be the center of attention. I hated my birthday. Please don't point out it's my birthday kind of thing. Yeah. (sighs) And so when you have to do that round Robin or pray out loud, Mm -hmm. all I could do was think about what I was going to say. It was not genuine. Mm -hmm. It was, how can I just get through this? Yeah. How can I say something to not, to not implicate myself as the imposter?
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so averse to it now because I, I know what I, what it was for me. And I just am so, I'm still deeply in this deconstruction part of like, you know, just taking apart the Legos of what I grew up in Yeah, that I don't, I intentionally don't want to pray because I, I don't, I'm I'm just, I don't want to fall back into anything that I used to do. Like I actually last week or the week before at church, um, you know, we have moments in between songs and stuff. I, I, I lead music at church and, um, there was a moment that needed a prayer mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know what the hell happened, but in our little pre church meeting that, that, uh, request was made and I was like, I'll do it. I was immediately like, I think I even said out loud, I was like, I'll do it. Wait, what, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> uh, Cause I hadn't, I hadn't prayed in church in years. Yeah. Um, and the moment came and it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. And I, I had to like just pause for a second and there was probably, it was probably awkward for everybody. Um, but I couldn't continue without thinking about what I was doing very intentionally and making sure right. what I, and I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I know it was just like, actually, I, know, I do. I remember it, I, it, the song we had just sung was how great is our God, uh-huh. which is like a, you know, yeah. classic, uh, modern classic, um, And I just talked about, I actually said, I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to say how great is God. Um, But I do know that I'm here and that I feel something spiritual and I I love these people I'm with. Like I said something along those lines and not, I I was, I, I felt comfortable with.
1: And that was acceptable in that
0: church. Oh, totally. That's
1: great. Yeah, because I so don't know that, that it's know. acceptable in every church. Oh, it's
0: not, which is why heathen is important to me. I get it. I want people who don't have the church that I have, um, who still want a community, to mm-hmm. feel like that at least there's other people out here who are doing it. And and there's lots of people doing this kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just another one.
1: human being was at King. We went on a mission trip. You know, we went on those, we, Where, pay, where'd you we go? went to um, St. Petersburg oh, yeah, yeah. in Florida. We I were, went to Philly one day. Um, You know, Habitat for Humanity's building. You know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't yeah. know what a chalk line was, let alone how to <sighs> truly hammer a nail. I was kind of a helpless kid. <laughs> anyway, we were at the church. We were doing our wrap up one evening, singing songs, doing praise. Um, A transgender woman walked in, mm. Um, but she was not looking for she was looking for N.A., Narcotics Anonymous. Mm, uh-huh. Here's this group of a whole bunch of great Christian college kids doing their thing there to help the community with our leaders. Walks in nervously. This person, I don't know if it was withdrawal. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if it was a combination of multiple things that I couldn't possibly understand. Yeah, The person is shaking, trembling. She's in a mini skirt. She has long hair, very male, masculine features. I mean, you could tell tell this person was in transition. Yeah, Very new concept to all of us. The person asks, interrupts, says, where is, I'm looking for NA. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, she, she hasn't even left the room, and we crack up laughing. No. Yes. <sighs> crack up, all of us, everybody in that room, even our leaders, our adult leaders. And in the middle of laughing, I remember stopping abruptly and going, what is wrong with us? And I remember being like, I don't even know the right word I was I, I I started to really question what I was doing and who I was, and that moment changed my life yeah i real I recognized that the person I wanted to be was not the person I was, and that there was a lot of flaws in the people that make up the church, which is normal. but here we are helping you know I do quotations mm-hmm. a community and this is probably somebody who needs people more than anybody needs to feel accepted which is all i've ever wanted and they're not even out of the room and we are cracking up laughing
0: you can't you can't paint a more accurate picture of what's fucked up about church christianity the thing the thing that we were in
1: we should have said you know i don't know where it is but you're welcome to join us we're singing some songs if not you know um one of our leaders so i said let me help you find it i mean that's what we could have done. Of course, of
0: course. Is that what we did? No. <sighs> I mean, I'm I'm going to choose to believe that a lot of the laughter was the was the discomfort and the, the, the newness I'm, of of. I'm sure it was. Yeah, and not not. But. But but <laughs> not that is not to excuse. No, absolutely not. But um, I will always feel shame for that. Yeah.
1: But I will always be mindful of that story. Yeah. It will always dictate how I try and treat others. That I will not treat people that way.
0: Can I? step into this same space and tell you my yes. story yes that's the exact same um when i was in exodus mm-hmm. uh, going through reparative therapy and all this lovely stuff um we caught wind our group our exodus group caught wind of a event that was happening on the unc asheville campus and it was a uh, pastor uh, uh, i'm not sure i don't know where, what his tradition was who was uh coming onto campus to speak to the the um I don't know if it was a gay straight alliance or just a queer group or what, but whatever the the safe space for queer people was on campus, he was coming to talk to them about. Uh, he he was representing an open and affirming community and came to to be that to these these college students. Um, we caught wind of it, and and our we had a ringleader uh, of our little group, whose name was Robbie, and he. Um, Robbie rallied us, and he said, we got to be there. we got to represent the other side, you guys. we got to show these kids that there's another way that they can change their orientation, which none of us had done, but we're th- we all thought we were in the process of doing. Just had to pray a little bit harder. Of course, right? Uh, go to read a few more books, go to a few more services where they beat you on the head and you sh- convulse on the ground. Um, did all those things. I know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we go to this thing, and, I'm, and I was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't... I thought I th- in my, in my, my head tells me I'm doing what's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're sitting there as this guy's talking and then I think he opens it up to questions and Robbie pew, like stands he up. He was primed and ready. I'm oh, sure. Yeah, of course he was. He, he, uh, and Robbie was a good guy, but. I
1: was going to say he's like, probably like. A deeply he's misguided got to do the guy. right thing in his, in his mind. Yeah.
0: He, yeah. Um, he felt, I think he felt a lot of responsibility for all of us. Mm. Uh, anyway, he, he, he shot up and, and and said, you, I I just want to give you all the other option, you know, and he laid out the case. Um, the, the reverend, the pastor, priest, whoever it was, is trying to silence him the whole time. He won't shut up. Robbie will not shut up. He, I, I'm like recoiling as I watch this thing on, uh, play out. Yeah. And all of a sudden a girl in the front row raises her hand and just bursts into tears, just weeps in front of all of us. This, this room of 75 people. And, she said, fuck, um, she said, every time I try to reach out, every time I come to, to a group like this where maybe there is a, a spiritual place for me, this, she points at Robbie and says, this happens. And she's, she, she's hunched over and just is weeping. Uh, and that was my moment when I knew exactly what you just said. This is not the person I want to be. No. This is not Right. I don't care what my head tells me this, what we're doing right now is wrong. It's
1: not love. No. I know that people believe because I think it's fear based. Well, you go to hell if you're not that perfect Christian, you go to hell if you don't, if you don't follow the right rules and you don't truly change your heart, which what does that even mean? Change your heart. I don't even know. I believe it means seeking the truth that works to benefit people. Mm. Am I benefiting people? Am I loving people?
0: Yeah.
1: I wasn't. When I was always trying to be the good Christian, it was an act. It was a show. I mean, I did do nice things, but it wasn't because I wanted to make something better for somebody else. Yeah. It was because I wanted to make it better for me. Yeah. I wanted to make sure my salvation was secure. Yeah. I don't worry about that anymore. Right. And you know what? I, I genuinely care now. And I bet there are people who can do both. I was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't want to say my way was the only way. Like, I really... <laughs> just couldn't reconcile it Hmm. and that's my own issue i'm sure but i'm okay with that (laughs) yeah um i i know now that when i do things i do it because i truly care for somebody that's great not because i'm i'm following a prescribed way Hmm. to react to the world
0: yeah and you know what it's still a selfish thing to do nice things for other people Of course. but that's okay yeah like you do feel satisfaction and good like you get those positive vibes yeah and that's okay. It is. But there's a di- you 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 have to make that distinction between: Am I doing this for my for that persona mm-hmm. that I need that I need people to believe I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I need to believe I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, or am I doing this because it is simply what my heart tells me to do? Right. The heart is so un- under, underrated in uh, evangelicalism. It's we don't trust our hearts. We're taught not to trust our hearts, and our hearts are right. Our hearts are always right.
1: Yep. So that was a kind of a heavy story, but Mm -hmm. it's, it really, I mean, both of those truly, when you are, you know, we, I think we just deal with our own feelings of, of not being able to fit in or being insecure or, but I think when you're really, when you want to value people and you're confronted with somebody who is trying and they have that moment of vulnerability and you start to recognize how you may have, maybe not that person in particular, um, But someone like them how you may have led to some of those feelings for them I would hope you'd want to change Mm. and I'm glad that I chose to change yeah here's
0: to the change
1: I always think of that and how do I how do I treat people to that I always wonder about that person as well Mm. where are they now
0: I've, I've started asking folks who come on this podcast. Um, one, of, one of my uh, most difficult questions to answer right now is, what do you believe? I can talk all day about what I don't believe. Yeah. Um, and I have harder time saying what I do believe. Is there anything that you personally, you, you feel like you can say, I believe this thing?
1: Yeah. I believe that I'm always evolving in my faith and in my understanding of the world. And I love that. I don't want to be stagnant or and I don't think that I'm wishy-washy yeah. I just believe that we're not designed we're not designed or are expected to know it to understand how it's gonna work out how it all ends how it even started necessarily and I go who cares I love learning and figuring things out and learning about other people's stories and it's okay if they don't work together or mesh together like there's a reason and I don't know the reason and I'm okay with that. I would never have been okay with that before. I was always seeking the truth. Always trying to figure it out and I don't know the truth and I'm okay with that.
0: This has been like, it, it may have been my favorite conversation so far. You were so nervous.
1: I was so nervous. This is- I actually, I looked up um, how to be a good podcast guest, <laughs> <laughs> And I did not Google. like their, uh, yes, thank you, Google. But I did not like their responses because it was not what I was looking for. <laughs> I wanted like a prescribed way of, this is how you talk to people and you need to make sure you hit, hit, hit these key points to be interesting I mean, I just was like, I don't want to waste people's time, you know? And I was like, if, they, if I'm wasting their time, they'll they'll turn it off. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I got to. They'll, they'll turn but it like off. the one thing was make sure you use the um, interviewer's name a lot. <laughs> and I was like, why? That sounds so weird. And then the other one was write them a you note.
0: <laughs> well, I will be looking for that in the mail in four to five business days. <laughs>
1: All right. It will not come.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heathen. I'll be back next week with a new guest. In the meantime... Take a minute to go follow heathen on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. The handle is at Heathen Podcast, and you can also visit the website at heathenpodcast.com to learn more about this project. Send your comments or questions, and maybe we'll talk about them on an upcoming episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, I would love and appreciate your five-star review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference for a new podcast. I'm Matthew Blake, here's to the heathens.